Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the story straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi Minute. That's right. You're listening in a Mississippi Minute with me, Steve Azar. I want to remind you that a great adventure in Mississippi is waiting for you. Just go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. There's a whole lot to do right here in our Mississippi. We're talking to you, speaking of Mississippi, from the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studio, as always. As the song goes, I don't like spiders and snakes, and my mom is going to kill me for today's topic. Sorry, Mom, but she'll love my guests regardless. I say we all come together and face this fear in one Mississippi minute with one of the creators of the hit TV series, Mississippi Snake Grabbers. I said it. Yeah, I did. The Canadian reality television series on CMT that follows a group of six men, all in law enforcement, from a rural Scott, Mississippi who fish for these little creatures, big creatures sometimes, in Lake Washington, which I have swam in many times as a kid. Besides his rising TV status, he currently is a field representative for U.S. Congressman Michael Guest, where he travels throughout the 3rd Congressional District of Mississippi, assisting constituents as needed. He also serves as a security coordinator for the congressman. He's retired after 32 years he spent in law enforcement, including service, as city patrolman, investigator, undercover agent, and director of training for the Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics. My pal, Jimmy Nichols. Steve, how you doing? I'm good. What part of the state or the country are you in right now? Well, currently I'm in Brandon, Mississippi, helping a friend of mine. I was helping a friend of mine paint a new addition on this house. <laughs> well, that's how you're a good friend. That's a good friend right yeah. there. I'm, I'm working. Working from the telephone, uh, you know, as uh, as this nation's kind of in a shutdown right now with the coronavirus, we're all kind of working from the field, so I'm kind of getting a chance to do things I need to do plus work at the same time. Yeah. So it's all working out good. Jimmy, where the heck did you grow up? What part yes, of the state? I grew up in a big city, man, Morton, Mississippi, chicken capital of Mississippi. <laughs> well, chicken capital. I'm trying to <laughs> get my geography right. Where exactly is that? Oh. Well, Morton's about halfway between Jackson and Meridian on I-20. Oh, okay. It's at seven, 77 mile mark. And did you grow up playing ball? Played a little bit of football, a little bit of basketball, a little bit of baseball. I never really got you know into those sports as much as some of the guys did. I was a little bitty dude. I weighed about 125 pounds. I spent most of my time in the woods, walking the creeks, and yeah, I was a, a I guess a herpetologist at a, at a young age. Right. Okay. So so dig into that word a little bit for our listeners. Exactly what is that? Well, you know, a herpetologist, I actually a, a true herpetologist, somebody that's, you know, spent a lot of time in college and studies reptiles. But I I spent most of my times in the, uh, I guess you'd say, the school of hard knocks. I actually learned most of it on my own. 
uh, one of the state's greatest herpetologists, Terry Vandervender, he he calls me a herpetologist, but I'm not, okay? I, I didn't go to school for it. I started out in college with intentions of doing that, but ended up joining the military and doing other things. So, mm-hmm. But I stayed in the woods, walking the creek banks. I was always fascinated by our wildlife, especially the reptiles. I was into, you know, snakes and some of the amphibians and food with a few turtles. Snakes was kind of my... Uh, a calling, I guess. I still, I started off at a young age getting phone calls to come get snakes out of houses, and believe it or not, I still do. So, <laughs> so uh, it kind of led me down a, a path that, that turned into, you know, what you talked about a little early on the intro about the TV show. So, yeah, it, I want to, and I want to talk about that. I want to dig into this TV show and how a reality show even begins to happen. Um, I know the guys at Duck Dynasty and all that, and how they built that show, and then uh, there's some other friends who have had some successful reality shows. Uh, people are really intrigued. Obviously, there's so many uh, uh, places now, for, uh, forums to to put content like this that back in our day when we were growing up, they wouldn't have even given it a thought. But it just seems to be things like what you're doing, which is so unique. You, you know what I'm saying? It's very unique. There's not many of you guys in the world, I imagine, that are doing this. Uh, and, and obviously because of the fear of – a lot of people have major fear of spiders and snakes. I'm, and uh, they really – it's just crazy. Now, when I was in Franklin, Tennessee, we had about five acres, and it was like living in a treehouse. You couldn't get away. We had rattlesnakes that would be in our – I remember our daughter came running up and go – and she wasn't running. She was walking. She was calm. Uh, she said, there's a nake at that point. She couldn't say her S's, you know, there's a nake in my, in my bathroom and it was a little baby rattlesnake and they're just coiled up. And when we bought this house, there must've been in the attic because it was sort of left to die for a while. Wasn't a house. I, I think that people wanted to live in because of all the woods and, and just the, it was very unique and funky in a cool way. But anyway, it had like a hundred snakeskins up in the attic. So we had to get in and get fumigated all and all that. But I always thought when I'd lay in bed, I'd look up at the ceiling and go, man, just right there, you know. <laughs> so I started to take my fear head on because I'd see them all the time. You, you know what I mean? So as, yeah. you, as you're growing up and you're just around this and you're the guy they call to come, come get this thing out of my house or out of my pool or whatever, get it away from me. Was it just all – did your dad do that growing up? Do you have a brother that did it or a sister or <laughs> – where well, I got, I got, I have a sister. I don't have a brother. My sister, I uh, no, she didn't fool with snakes. Uh, she's actually married to the sheriff over in Scott County now. So, uh, but she, uh, uh, she was a little scared of them. My parents both were scared of snakes. Uh, they learned to, through me, I guess you would say. I, I would, I hated, I hated to see anything killed that wasn't eaten. You know, that wasn't taken for right. for harvest, like deer, squirrels, whatever. And you know, so many people every time they see a snake, they just first thing they do is chop his head off. <laughs> and what a lot of people don't realize, and I know it's hard to get past this fear. It's hard to get you know over this uh, 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 just internal fear of snakes because you're taught as a child, oh, don't touch that; it'll bite you. You know, and, right. and so you know, you see all these people in my community, for example, were killing rat snakes and king snakes and garter snakes and stuff like that. And I used to get I ain't gonna say mad, but a little aggravated with them. You know, why'd you kill it? I said, this thing is out here getting rid of frogs and lizards and stuff out of your flower beds if it's a garter or a ribbon snake or the little decay snakes, which most people around here see on a daily basis in the gardens or flower beds, the little big brown ones that everybody killed and said, I killed a moccasin. Well, I'd see it, you know, it's a little common brown decay snake. 
harmless. They eat grub worms and stuff like that. I eat flour, and I'd always tell them, why'd you kill it? This thing was just eating the grubs that's killing your plant. <laughs> and same with the king snakes. And I said, if you don't like snakes, the worst thing you do is kill a king snake because he's hunting snakes while he's in your yard. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but he's black with speckles all over him. He's not going to hurt you. You know, he's, he's totally harmless, but he's actually getting rid of the copperheads and cotton miles that you are so you know, fearful of. All right, explain that and, to me uh, real quick. Explain, j- j- just, I want to interrupt you there, and, and I apologize, but, so yeah. what makes a king snake king of the, uh, king of the, you know, the flower beds, if there is a copperhead or a rattlesnake, why, are they just uh, superior? Yeah, well, first of all, they're immune to the uh, the bite of a venomous snake, and uh, second, that's just one of their prey. They, they literally will hunt down a copperhead. They love them. I don't know what it is about the copperhead, but the king snake will, will chase him to no ends to it catch. And, uh, you know, it's a losing battle for the copperhead. The, wow. the king snake's going to win every time. The king snake is considered a constrictor, and a copperhead is not. He bites and hangs on to his prey, or he bites and lets it go, and then tracks it after he bites it when the prey dies from the venom or becomes paralyzed with the venom. He then tracks it down and will eat it. Where a king snake, when he grabs, you know, he wraps around it and squeezes it. So the king snake, ah. when he grabs a hold of that copperhead, he'll twist him up and, and basically suffocate. So basically a wrestler. It's a wrestler. Yeah, a snake that knows how to wrestle. <laughs> MMA style, brother. MMA style. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they tough. Uh, but, you know, I just would see people killing snakes that shouldn't have been killed. I mean, I know that people on listening to us right now, Steve, going, this man's a nut. You kill every snake you see. <laughs> I've tried to my entire life teach people that here in Mississippi, at least, I can't speak for the rest of the country, but we only have four uh, venomous snakes in the United States that are dangerous to humans, which is the rattlesnake, the copperhead, uh, the cottonmouth, and the coral snake, which rarely does anybody die from any of those bites, but they do cause a lot of problems. You know, I try to teach people those four snakes where when they see something else, just leave it alone. You know, I mean, if you just leave the guy alone, he's fine. Even the venomous snakes, 99% of the time, if you see him, just let him alone. He's going to go on about his business. They generally don't just move in and stay around a house or a place where there's a lot of people because they don't look for people to hang out with. They're just as fearful of you as you are them. But when you put them in a corner, or fool with them, you know, you up your risk is yeah, your they're risk. Gonna, they're going to defend themselves like, like we would, right. Oh, yeah, they're very, very defensive. I hadn't seen, you know, there's no myth about cotton miles chasing people. And I'm 53 years old, and I've never, in all my foolings with cotton miles, and I've moved a bunch of them. I'm talking about hundreds, probably thousands of them from people's places or either off the highways, whatever. I've never seen one chase anybody. But now when you corner him, he puts on a display, and sometimes he may try to escape to get to where right. he feels safe, which means having to pass by you, which gives you the impression, oh, God, he's chasing me. Right. So, uh, you know, that's I think that's where some of that chase by Cottonmouth came from. Now, you're going to have people call in and say, oh, he's full of crap. They'll chase you. I've seen them do it. And I've had snake Cottonmouths leave where they were headed to the water, and I happened to be between him and the water. And he's up in a, a defensive posture, you know, right. he's head up and mouth open running towards me, but he's actually trying to get to the water right? Uh, because that. that's where he feels safe. We're listening to my man Jimmy Nichols in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studios. Don't forget, go to visit Mississippi.org to check out all the incredible things you can do. Probably take and go on a snake grabbing tour with the reality TV star I'm talking to, Jimmy Nichols, today on CMT. We're going to be right back. Don't go nowhere. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Steve Azar, 
You're in a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, because that's how we roll. I love saying the words Mississippi. Go to visitmississippi.org to find out all the great attractions that we have to offer. There's a zillion of them. We're with Jimmy Nichols in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. We're talking Mississippi snake grabbers. How does the show... Well, I'm sitting here going like, okay, there's six of you. How do you find five other guys that's as wild as you? Well, <laughs> you know, Mississippi's full of some crazy people, you know. Yeah. We're, uh, we, most of all of us grew up as daredevils. We're actually down. There's only four active uh, guys. The other two uh, have enough? They just had enough, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. One of them actually did pass away... Uh, Brad Vincent, who was a state trooper, died a couple years oh, ago from man, a massive sorry. heart attack at, at uh, mm. you know, at a very young age for a guy to have a heart attack like he had. And then mm. one of the other members just moved on to something else. He does, uh, he has a production business and he does his own work somewhere else now. How does the show start? So take me. Yes, sir, how did all got? How did it all come about? What where the idea came from? We made a self. We did a DVD ourselves. Just Shane Gibson put together a little DVD and threw some music behind it. You know and. And we started, we said, well, let's see if we, well, first of all, we posted or put it on YouTube. And that, we put a little short video on YouTube, and that thing hit like 400,000 views in a couple of days. Wow. So, so cool. you know, when that happened, we get a phone call one day from a, a news station in Memphis, Tennessee, called us and, and did an interview. Well, the next day, I'm riding down the road and get a call from Megan Kelly uh, from Fox News. <laughs> and, uh, you know, at first I thought it was a joke. She said, hey, you know, basically this is Megan Kelly from Fox News or, or, or whatever. And I'm thinking, you know, this is a who's, who is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, no, seriously, it's Fox News, and we would like to see if y'all be interested in doing an, an interview. So Shane Gibson and I went into the studio in Jackson, and they, you know, you know how they link everything up. And we did an interview with Bill Hammer and uh, Megan Kelly on Fox News. Well, within days, we were getting calls from all over the United States. I mean, it went crazy. You know, people were like, man, y'all nuts. Y'all, y'all look at doing a TV show. So, as fate with that, well, we signed a contract first with a, a company called Pink Sneakers. I mean, this is moving time. fast, right? I mean, it's moving quick. Oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah. It went from our DVDs, which we sold uh, four different DVDs or five different DVDs in local stores and sold probably, you know, 20,000 copies in just no time. And that was stuff we put together ourselves. It was terrible. I mean, honestly, it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but terrible. But anyway, uh, we knew nothing about production. You know, we had a guy, or, or one of the guys came in and knew a, little bit, knew a good bit about it, helped us straighten some of the stuff up, and, you know, we were able to sell, like I said, 15, 20,000 DVDs in no time. So, long story short, uh, one day a friend of mine who owns a restaurant in Peelhatchie, Mississippi, uh, calls and says, hey, look, CMT is filming a TV show called Eating Across America. Uh, with some guy out of Canada, and they're traveling from restaurant to restaurant to these different, you know, venues to do different things and da da da. So she said it might be a good opportunity if you stick your head in the door and just shake hands with. Them. So, you know, I'm a pretty much a people person. I like to communicate and talk, and you you tell that here probably. I run my mouth a lot, but anyway, I walk in the restaurant. CMT's do it, Dockside Entertainment out of Toronto, Canada, was doing a production for CMT. And they had a producer with them named Joel Stewart. And if you, you know, you probably looked him up. I don't know if you had a chance or not, but Joel was pretty popular with, uh, was at that time at least for CMT doing music videos, right. etc. Yeah, I, I knew his He'd name. done a bunch, bunch of work with Faith Hill, I think, and maybe, right. uh, Tim yeah. So anyway, I walk in the restaurant and I just basically ask, you know, where's Joel Stewart? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he's over sitting at a table, you know, doing some computer stuff while they're. Do you have ready. your, did you have your badge yeah. on? You had pull, you know, I'm just asking, you know. <laughs> 
No, I basically just took a handful of our DVDs and a couple <laughs> hats, grab you one outfitter's hats. You know, I said, what, what, you know, just shake hands and give him something and hopefully he'll call back. So anyway, I go over and sit down at the table with him and Melissa McRae, who was uh, one of the co-producers, or I forgot exactly what her title was at the time. But anyway, I sit down with him and I said, hey, you know, I'm Jimmy Nichols. Brent Shorter was with me. We, we go in and we talk to him and basically shake hands and give him hats and say, hey, I want y'all to watch these DVDs. I said, if you're interested, uh, you know, here's my phone number, basically. So I leave. Well, two days later, I get a call from uh, Toronto, Canada. And it's uh, Melissa McRae, and she goes, I just want you to know y'all are flaming idiots. <laughs> she said, I have never in my life, nor has anybody in this studio seen anything that's crazy. <laughs> so she said, we want to talk to y'all. And she said, CMT actually is interested in us coming back and sitting down and talking to y'all about doing a contract. So, of course, we were all excited. So Okay, CMT, so t- timeline real quick. So uh, from the time you posted your YouTube video, those two days, all of a sudden Megan Kelly's calling. You're on Fox. You're all over the place. Timeline, are we two weeks in? Are we two months? Are we two years? What are we? Before you, know, you know, Steve, Steve, I'm thinking that whole little stretch right there, Megan Kelly calls in a couple weeks. I mean, it right. was just it was within days. And then the CMT thing, I don't remember the exact time when they were at Pilahatchee Femin, but it was all in that, you know, within a window, window of, say, yeah. say, a year, maybe. So, so our, li- our listeners need to understand something. When you go and you post something like that, and you get four hundred thousand hits in two days, that's got us viral. So, and I'm, I'm telling a lot of our listeners, they're going, like, "Okay, Steve, we know that," but I, I'm just doing it for myself because it's, it was so, you know, something I wasn't paying attention to ever. I had people that were paying attention to stuff like that, right? So, anyway, right. but that just they're they're they have scouts. These networks have scouts combing the web combing youtube trying to find what's happening and what's going viral and that's how it happens so anyway oh, Steve, pretty cool. you, you wouldn't believe you wouldn't believe how many videos that i've actually or i say i we have sold to different companies like you know television network or these production companies call hey we want to buy the rights to this video and they've aired all over the blooming world Jap- uh, right. japan Italy, you know, everywhere. I had a guy who was in a restaurant in Italy and said, hey, dude, I'm watching y'all on TV right now. And, I mean, it's crazy. But they, we had one video that had 10.4 million views in, like, four days. <laughs> it was crazy. It went nuts. But anyway, uh, so cool. the, back to the back to the production thing, uh, Joel called, I mean, Melissa calls. And so we and all, all, they flew back down and we all met again. And then next thing you know, contract signed. And then, of course, the production took about three years. I mean, you know, you know from your industry and how this works. It's not something you don't go film tonight and it's airing tomorrow. They we shot enough to do thirty six episodes on the first couple runs. They were here for two full summers basically. We stayed up at Lake Washington up in Greenville, your hometown, Greenville. Yeah. yeah. And uh or your stomping grounds anyway, in Greenville. Uh, we did most all of the snake grabbing and all the water related activity was done at Lake Washington. Washington there at Chatham, Mississippi, at Roy Stowe. And um, then we did a lot of other the production, some of the reality-type sitcom-type stuff. We did some of it at our own homes, some of it around our local towns where we all grew up. Uh, So the TV show's not just about snakes. It's actually a reality sitcom that has some of our everyday activities. And, of course, it's TV now. I mean, it's not exactly what we do every day. You understand that. But it's... It was kind of a, a showed us doing other things other than grabbing snakes. And there's in each episode, there's only about six to eight minutes of actual snake grabbing. 
but everything else kind of revolves around what we do every June at Lake Washington, which is a snake grabbing rodeo. So the season begins. Is this what you've been inviting me to for the last five years? Man, I've been trying to get you up there forever. <laughs> I think you just scared us. <laughs> well, I'm a little scared. Uh, we're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. There's Mississippi Snake Grabbers. You don't have to let me tell you. That thing's blown up all over the place. Uh, but you're a great guy. I appreciate you taking the time. You get to play DJ right now in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. Don't forget, everybody. Don't forget. Jimmy will take you into the woods and show you all about how beautiful Mississippi is. Go to visit Mississippi.org. Please remember, there's so many incredible things to do right here in our great state. Jimmy, you get to play DJ. You want to hear Ike Turner or Faith Hill into the break? Well... Since my show got me a hot tub scene with Faith Hill, I want to hear Faith Hill. <laughs> we got to talk about that. We're in a Mississippi Minute. Yes, I'm Steve Azar. Stand by. <laughs> <laughs> beginnings all the way back to 1943. Guarantee Bank has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. We are proud to be your local big-time bank. So when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust, and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around, let Guarantee Bank with its 17 convenient locations help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. Whether you're a rebel, a bulldog, a golden eagle, or just a sports fan, Super Talk Mississippi has got a podcast for you. For you. Sports Talk Mississippi, The Rebel Report, Thunder and Lightning, The Super Talk Eagle Hour, and The Borky Show are all now available for you. And it's all free. Free. Get them all on demand at supertalk.fm and on your smartphone. Just search for Super Talk on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Billy Kinder, host of Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Here, the show Saturdays at 1, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Turkeys, whitetail, Grenada Lake crappie, or Gulfport redfish. We enjoy it all, especially when you're in camp with us on Super Talk Mississippi. Feeling down? Here's your prescription for a daily dose of good news and positive vibes. Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Every afternoon, Rebecca highlights all the good things happening right here in the state you call home. Daily exposure to good things with Rebecca Turner may cause smiling, feelings of positivity, happiness, and even laughter. When you experience these symptoms, tell your friends to listen. Okay. Weekdays starting at 2 p.m. here on Super Talk Mississippi and now on Amazon Alexa devices. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm with my man Jimmy Nichols, Mississippi Snake Grabbers. You know it, Mom, hang in there. It's going to be all right because we're going to help you get over your fear after all of these years. Uh, She can't even say the word, Jimmy, by the way. She can't say the word. She can't hear the word. She can't even hear the word. 
She calls them those little things. I think she goes biblical biblical on us. I mean, you think about it. She goes to Mass every day, her and my dad. And I just think that they, they, see, they think Adam and Eve. and that. So where do you think the origin of the fear came from? It, it, does it go back that far? Yes, it's biblical. I mean, you know, if you read scripture, and you know, I'm I'm obviously not a preacher, but but the uh, the Adam and Eve story, you know, stands out to a lot of people. And I think I, I'm not going to say misinterpretation because I, you know, the way people interpret, you know, scriptures, their business. I'm not going, you know, get into that. But but I do think that you know that in the Bible it talks about you know the snake should be tread on by the heel of man, and I think that. You know, it's just this perception that all snakes are just evil. I, again, I don't want to, you know, try to get scriptural on it, but I don't think that it was intended to mean every snake is a terrible thing and should be, you know, killed. I think God put them here for a reason. Maybe it's to remind people sometimes to think back to childhood or whenever you were learning about the Bible or whatever faith you may be, or, you know, what your beliefs were about mm-hmm. snakes. But, but I do think that, you know, many of them, all of them were put here for a purpose, obviously, but I think that there's a lot of snakes out there that, again are misunderstood that do a lot of good to our uh, ecology, you know, our ecosystem. I think they are very beneficial around rodent protection and, like I said, the king snakes getting rid of some of your venomous snakes that you may seriously have fear of or be scared to get bitten by. But you know, I really I don't know. It's a uh, it's uh, but it's a lot of myth involved in snakes, you know. And you hear all these different descriptions, and this guy says this, and this guy says that about them. But you know, there's a lot of stuff that's just totally wrong in the in the common world about about snakes yeah they've gotten um, they've gotten that rap and bad or good it's their rap you know it's their own thing they, they, they have and that's part of what i started doing young, as a young guy is trying to educate people on hey this one will hurt you you know i mean there's no reason to kill this guy i know you don't like him you know i've had people say i'd rather have the rats than i had the snakes i don't know if that's so i mean the rats do a whole lot more damage than the snake yeah oh yeah i don't like rats either but listen wait so this is it's it's so interesting you got interested in this you've been bit right there's no way you go through this and then tell me what's the worst thing that bit you what what did you do when it you know to make sure that you know blood wasn't rushing to your heart the poison or whatever how calm (laughs) could you be and then what's the worst snake that's ever bitten you and then i want you to take our listeners on exactly how you guys go out and grab snakes the you know the whole process you know the only venomous bite i've ever had was from a copperhead and it wasn't that terrible it hurt like Oh my lord! But I mean, it was not the end of the world. Uh, it it hurt. I didn't, you know, I don't want to do that again. And it was actually an accidental bite. I was picking up some pine straw and picked him up in the pine straw and he bit me on the finger. It, the bite itself, like I said, hurt. I, I did not have to do any antivenom. I went. I did go to the hospital. Went to the doctor. Uh, the doctor was a pretty wise fellow who had been around a long time and seen a lot of snake bites, and he. He basically watched it, uh, watched the progression of the swelling, gave me some antibiotics, a couple shots, and sent me to the house. You know, a lot of people have different reactions. It's like a wasp thing. You know, a wasp may sting you and kill you, and sting me and not hurt. So, right, I get that. The, the biggest. Then we had a guy last year up at our snake grabbing rodeo. It wasn't during the rodeo. It was an after hours little gathering. If you feel what I'm trying to say, probably didn't need to be fooling with a snake. <laughs> uh, one of them picked up a young cottonmouth and threw it to the other guy thinking it was a water snake for yeah. some reason. I don't know. I don't. I hadn't figured that whole story out yet. But anyway, the receiver caught the snake and it bit him three times on the hand and he ended up in a Greenville hospital for three days. So, yeah, yeah. You know, it affects people differently. He And, of course, he did well. All he had, you know, they wanted to watch him, observe him. 
give him some antibiotics, make sure he didn't get any after infection, and he healed up fine. He's doing great back working offshore. Uh, my finger hurts occasionally still, and it's been about 20 years since that happened to me, and I still, you know, have a little soreness in my finger, but other than that, not that big of a deal. I forgot what you had. Well, well no, it's okay, because this is good. I mean, first of all, uh, nice friend throwing the, well, this is what you guys do, so I, I get the accident happening, but I'm having a hard time believing that you've gone into these situations where you know they're snakes, and you're telling me you've only been bitten once by a poisonous snake your whole life? Yes, sir. Now, I have some rattlesnakes and a couple other snakes in aquariums now. I just, you know, I try not to get complacent. Complacency is what hurts people in anything. you got to tell me how you go through this process. I mean, take me through what you guys do to be protective and keep your head on a swivel and, and know that you're safer than not. <clears throat> Number one, when we take people out or when we were doing the production, we were filming. First of all, we only went places that we knew. We knew Lake Washington. We had fished and, and, and been in that lake for years prior to this. Uh, we knew what type of snakes were in that lake. We There are cotton miles there. There are some rattlesnakes. We've seen a rattlesnake one day swimming right across the middle of the lake. So, I mean, there those snakes do exist there. Fortunately, there's not nearly as many cotton miles as there are water snakes or rattlesnakes or anything else. I mean, there's not that many rattlesnakes you're going to find in the well, lake. How, how come? Know, how come? Well, first, rattle, rattlesnake's not real fond of water, number one. They're not a water-based snake, you know, so right. you're going to usually stay away. Although they will swim across water, they will get in the water occasionally. You know, copperheads occasionally will get in water, but that's not a snake you see in the water. A lot, a lot of people see these snakes they think are copperheads, and they're actually diamondback water snakes or broadband water snakes or some of those non-venomous species. Well, Lake Washington's full of those. The good thing for people who don't like snakes is, if you can get over the water snake side of it, is water snakes will eat cotton miles. Cotton miles will also eat water snakes, but they're greatly outnumbered. So you kind of have a situation where you got a snake that's in, I mean, a lake that's infested with, with water snake species mm-hmm. and very few cotton miles. Um, probably the whole time we were filming, let's, and we were in the water all day, every day for days. I'm talking about we would go out just back to back to back to back days with these production crews. Of course, they were from Canada. They were scared to death of snakes. Exactly. You know? And the heat and the heat dang near killed them. I'll, I'll give the death of that. We about killed a bunch of Canadians <laughs> in the lake up there from the heat. But uh, but anyway, we were, uh, you know, we taught them up front. We showed them. I showed them all the venomous species we have. I showed them all the non-venomous species that we should see in that lake. And so when we're out in the water, we have guides. One of our guides is always watching what's, you know, what's next. We would find the snakes, identify the snake, make sure the snake's safe, and then let the person catch it. But in all that production, we probably saw 10 cotton miles the whole two summers. I mean, they just, those water snakes kind of keep them beat down or pushed away. Uh, they're somewhat territorial. I'm not going to say they're truly territorial animals, but they're somewhat territorial. Uh, in other words, where you have a whole bunch of diamondback water snakes, you're just not going to have a bunch of cotton miles. Mm-hmm. You may have one old stray laid up on a stump somewhere, but they kind of keep them... They kind of keep them at bay. They'll eat them. Now, the cottonmouth will eat them occasionally, but like I said, they're so outnumbered that right. they're, they're, on, uh, yeah, right, more right. Like, they're more likely to be the prey than the, than the, you know, than the, than the uh, predator there. We, we take people out, everyday people, at the rodeo, for example. We do a yearly rodeo. We do it as a benefit. Uh, we give the proceeds that we raise there to a charity of some type. Last year it was given to a, uh, a hospice center uh, who was kind of a self-funded hospice center. This year, uh, if everything goes good, if this virus don't change everything before June, 
if we still get to do the rodeo like we planned, we're going to give the proceeds to a, a deputy sheriff who was shot over in Madison County. Who oh, has that's some, great. That's great. Well, he has some long-term recovery, still in a wheelchair after mm. about a year. Oh, uh, and But he is recovering, and, and uh, you know, we intend to raise money to actually give all the proceeds to him. We got Uncle Si from Duck Dynasty coming. We got Ashley Jones from the Swamp People coming. Uh, we got a couple bands going to play. uh you know, both nights, Friday and Saturday night, and we 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 got a bunch of stuff we're gonna raffle off. Um, so we do a lot of stuff, and we we do we do that strictly as a fundraiser for a charity. It's zero profit from the rodeo. We don't profit one penny from. It. That's the that beauty of it, right there. That's the beauty of you guys, right there. See, I love hearing that. I just absolutely well, love we, hearing that. We were fortunate enough to get to do the show. We were paid, you know, to do the show. Uh, we don't get a lot of money out of you, as you know. You know how that works. Well, you're we supposed to. You're supposed to get money from other things after you get paid. You know, you know what I'm saying. That it really puts you on the map. Right. That's what entertainment business now has become. You use these right. things as advertisements. Your actual intellectual property, like our records and your shows and all these stuff, videos and all that. That just helps you go out and get work. I mean, that's really, you know, nobody's paying a lot of for stuff these days when it comes to to what we do, which is interesting, but. Yeah. Just the way it is. It's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool how that works too. You know, like I said, CMT Canada did this. Well, Dockside Entertainment did it for mm-hmm. CMT Canada, and then now Amazon Prime uh, Video here in the U.S. is airing it. They got twelve or thirteen episodes on there right now, and uh, so it's just a continuous thing. You know, here we are five years later, and it's still running. I just think and, it's so uh, cool. I just so cool. Yeah, right, we, you know, that's pretty neat. We're going to take a quick break because I want to finish up with you, uh, and I don't want my producer, Will, to, to, to just go, okay, Steve, you got to stick to the plan because he knows I have a difficult time, especially when I'm talking to a pal from Mississippi. We don't know when to stop. And I, I sure don't Man, know when to stop. <laughs> all right. We'll talk all that. <laughs> we sure will. I'm Steve Azar in Mississippi Minute. Go to visitmississippi.org. Please to check out all the incredible adventures we have right here. And uh, you're going to keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. I'm with a beautiful man that loves, uh, well, I don't know if they're beautiful or not, but we're talking snakes with my man, Mississippi Snake Grabbers. We're going to be right back. Don't go away. Whether you're a rebel, a bulldog, a golden eagle, or just a sports fan, Super Talk Mississippi has got a podcast for you. For you. Sports Talk Mississippi, The Rebel Report, Thunder and Lightning, The Super Talk Eagle Hour, and The Borky Show are all now available for you. And it's all free. Free. Get them all on demand at supertalk.fm and on your smartphone. Just search for Super Talk on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm in a hurry, one hell of a hurry. We're winding down a Mississippi Minute. I'm with, I'm with Jimmy Nichols, and I'm Steve Azar. In the Keep Mississippi Beautiful studios, go to visit Mississippi.org to check out all the things that we do, from art to snake grabbing to hunting to playing golf casinos to the museums it never ends right here jimmy we're gonna wind this baby down uh so are you guys filming any new episodes now or are you just harvesting uh the past 
Well, we're we're not under contract right now. We're not filming anything new right now. We're always hoping somebody may call us back and say, "Hey, let's try something. You know, let's do something different or try try to expand this." Uh, I do want to tell you one funny. You, you you hit on a while ago. You mentioned Faith Hill. I got a phone call one day from a a friend who's been in some production work, and he said, "Hey," he said, uh, "Faith Hill and well, he didn't mention Faith Hill. I'll take that back." He said, uh, Hank Bedford was filming a show here in Mississippi, and they were looking for a clown. And he said, I just happened to be talking to him, and I told him, hey, look, I got a friend who used to be a rodeo clown. I used to fool bulls, and I used to be a rodeo clown, fight bulls, and what have you. But anyway, um, he said, I got a friend who used to be a rodeo clown. And, and Hank kind of raised his eyebrows and said, really? He said, can you send me a picture of him in his, you know, some of his gear? Let's see what he looks like. So I had to send up some pictures. So I get called and asked to come over and meet with these guys. I went and met with them, did an interview, you know, a little quick face-to-face interview. And he said, look, if you're interested in this part, I'm gonna, I'll am i give it to you. So I said, sure, I'd like to do it. I go over the first day of production that I went to. I go over and I walk in this little dressing room type trailer, you know, mobile home type building. And on the couch sits two women and a guy who I didn't look at initially. I saw them and didn't pay them a lot of attention, but I had my bag with all my rodeo clown stuff in it. And I'm talking to Hank Bedford, and I hear a voice behind me go, oh, so you're my rodeo clown, or you're my clown. And I looked over my shoulder, and Faith Hill sitting there. I said, holy crap, you know? And then I looked sitting beside her with Riley Keough, which is Elvis Presley's uh, granddaughter. Yeah. And then I looked sitting beside her with a guy named Brad Carter, who's been on Sons of Anarchy and some of those shows. I'm thinking, holy crap, you yeah. know what's going yeah, on here? Yeah, you're rocking. So, so the producer calls me outside, and he says, Jim, look, I've got to tell you something. He said, do you have a problem? Now, keep in mind, at that time, I'm an agent with a Mississippi, or a captain with the Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics. Right. I have a reputation. I have to, I have to somewhat keep a, you know, <laughs> kind of a clean slate. Right. Well, he goes, look, said, uh, I forgot to tell you, but do you have a problem with doing a hot tub scene? And I said, uh-huh. Or what? Come he on. said a hot tub scene. <laughs> I, said, wait, I said, wait, dude. I said, I'm now at like 220. I said, high definition on this body? No, sir. I said, I don't know. He said, well, let me ask you another question. Will it change your mind if I told you it was going to be with Faith Hill? I said, I'll, I said, I will bring the bubble bath and the water. <laughs> I love it. So, so you know, my the other show kind of got me a little part in a movie called Dixieland, which, which was on Netflix, mm-hmm. and it aired, I think, on the big screen a couple places anyway. It's with Faith Hill, Riley Keough, Brad Carter, some wow. people like that, which I, you know, I've heard of multiple times. Of course, New Faith through her being from right here in Mississippi and, of course, her connection with Tim McGraw being his wife. You know, I thought, yeah, yeah. But but anyway, it turned into a pretty good little deal. But um, I'm surprised Tim hasn't come come to hunt you down. (laughs) Hey, man, look, I was nervous the whole time. (laughs) Hey, you know, the thing about Faith was when I grew up, I used to play the Neshoba County Fair. If I recall, I probably closed it out. Faith would be in the front row. I mean, we were young. You know, and when I came to Nashville, my first meeting with management, she was sitting in there and she looked at me. She goes, what are you doing here? And I went, well, I've got a writing. I've got a writing deal now and I'm writing songs. And and I go, what are you doing here? She goes, well, I've got a record coming out. And it was right before she was interviewing, you know, different managers. And it was right before Wild One. So it was like right there. She's always been great. She always calls me Mississippi. I took all that as a compliment, but I'll never forget the game. We played um, uh, football, and Tim was a quarterback, and I picked him six times in one game. So I just, I'll just i never forget that. Well, he was just throwing it up, just FYI. I told him. But anyway, I was yeah, in the right, right place at the right time. <laughs> Go she, she's, a, she's, 
She's a Mississippi jewel, man. Yeah. We, Mississippi's had some great talent. I mean, oh. I'm, mad, Steve. I'm not saying it's going to talk to you, but I used to love listening to your music. Uh, you were different. You had a different style, I guess you would say, yeah. in your sound. And I, just, I, I was always, first time Jason Steve mentioned you, I was like, man, I, I, I need to meet this guy. <laughs> and then I saw you. I don't know if you remember this or not, but I met you for the first time in person at the governor's Of ball. course. Uh, when Phil Bryant got elected uh, governor of Mississippi, you played it. The second his second term, he asked me to call me yeah. and ask me to do that. I did Haley uh, Haley Barber's as well. Um, I yep. got down there at yep. Tate's. I did, got to do some stuff on the Gulf Coast because he didn't do the big inauguration ball. He did a series of smaller things and. Uh, but right. yeah, I mean, and, and Governor Bryant and I became really good friends, and over the years, in fact, we were texting yesterday. I just, um, it, it, it was, it's been great, and uh, you know, serving as Mississippi, the music and culture ambassador of Mississippi, and traveling for the state, and getting to be around the head of tourism, Craig Ray, he's brilliant, uh, and all yep. that that they stand for. So I've learned a whole lot, and uh, hey, listen, man, I'm all about this place. I write about this place, but hey, well, I'm gonna, I'm looking out right now at our pool and our pond. And every once in a while, I got to get snakes out of out of my pool. And every time I get one out now, I'm gonna think about you, and I'm gonna be gentle and loving. I promise you. How about that? I'm not gonna hurt. That's, that's a good. That's a good deal. Bro. I'm not hurting. All right, we've been with Jimmy Nichols in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios on In a Mississippi Minute. Don't forget, go to visitmississippi.org to find out all the cool things you can do in this great place we call Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar, in a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. Hi, I'm Billy Kinder, host of Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Hear the show Saturdays at 1, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Turkeys, whitetail, Grenada Lake crappie, or Gulfport redfish. We enjoy it all, especially when you're in camp with us on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.